we're just getting started here. Getting things ready. Going to be going on live with Marcellus Barnes and call him up and get some words from him. Make sure everybody's having a good time in here. Uh, if you have any questions, make sure you ask them. So Marcellus is a 3D artist that I met at Rockstar. Didn't do a lot of background research on Marcellus because I kind of know him already. Um, he's been, uh, how long have I known him for now? He's a rock star. I think I met him in 2006 or something like that. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How are things? Doing all right, man. I'm uh, just missing here playing with the audio, and uh, okay. so we haven't like jumped into it into it yet. So um, I thought I could run the phone audio through Bluetooth, but it doesn't want to do that. I'm not sure how to do that. I've never I've never tried to do that with the with this little setup. So I got like this um just a regular Bose Bluetooth speaker, and I was just gonna run your audio through that. Uh, to get it a little cleaner. Okay. Uh, but I can rock with this right now. Alright. So, yeah, just, um... So, did you watch any of the uh, previous ones? Uh, no, man. I didn't know you were doing this. No, yeah, it just kind of started up really, really quietly. I wanted to get a few started and rolling before I really started announcing them. Um, but alright, let's go ahead and, uh, just jump in formally. I think we're all good here. Uh, just checking up the lighting and the sound and everything. So I think we're all good. Alright. Alright, man. So, uh, so yeah, this is the ADD experience. And, um, real quick, man, how, how you, how you been in general? You been doing alright? I've been doing okay. Way better than last year. Really? Oh, oh man, the freelance life ain't no joke. Uh. <laughs> Work started to dry up because people started hitting conventions. How does that work? Yeah, because I do a uh, tweet, like right. uh, high speed prototyping for action figures and statues. Oh, right, right, of course. Um, the toy market. Go ahead. Right. But like, during the summertime, they'll all start hitting up conventions. Mm-hmm. I went, and I wasn't prepared for that. So I was just like sitting there for three months trying to figure out some projects to work on to keep myself sane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, I hadn't, I don't think I was that stressed out so, in a long time. So, why did, why did the convention scene change up? What were... Well, the convention scene was always, always there, but um, I think once McFarland started to downgrade their uh, mask people that they used to use, uh-huh, and it's like, man, because there, there used to be a constant. It was like all year round, they didn't work. But like once that constant leaves, then you got to hustle to find the next one. Hmm. So it wasn't. So, so it wasn't like a. Uh, so the entire industry, just not as many toys, are going through the the market. Well, they are, but at that point in time, 
time, everybody's taking what they've been making up to those trade shows to show the people. So nobody's really pushing for new work for like two, three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's when I started driving Uber. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that was cool, though. I got to see the city. Yeah. You do you do what you do, man. So I, um, yeah. you know, I'm over, uh, you know, when the coronavirus thing started happening and um, I started trying out some new projects uh, last year. Um, uh-huh. I, I started working at a at an art gallery, um, doing the thing like uh, kind of like Johnny Tran and um, and uh, Paul were doing over at Thumbprint. Yeah. So I started doing that and some other projects, and it's a doing that kind of stuff, you're putting in a lot of work without a lot of immediate return. So, you know, I really started, uh, I started doing Target just in in like, uh, like my off hours. Right. And then coronavirus hits and I'm like, uh, hey, wait a minute, can I still get back to Target? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So, right now, so many places like galleries and art fairs, um, you know, art walks, all those things just shut down, and that took out a bunch of my outlets. So when that happened, I was like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'm an essential worker now. You know, Target sells food and whatnot, so that's what I'm doing. Right So, like, how's, uh, how's the influx of people at the store you're at? You guys control for that stuff? Um, so... There, yeah, there's a lot of people that come through. Um, you know, it's pretty much every morning there's a line of people around there. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know, have you been to one of the Targets around your area? Nah, I just go to Sprouts and come home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, people come in there, they're uh, grabbing board games, they're grabbing um, tennis shoes for their kids. Yeah, sometimes, and it's gotten better now, but sometimes they try to calm everything down and make everything, um, you know, less like a club. You know, just people going to hang out or whatever, which is what, which is what happened right at the beginning. But now it's kind of calmed down and things are, are normal. Yeah, it got kind of crazy that five minutes. Like, I remember right before I popped off, I had, we had just come, come back from Denver. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like reading the news. It's like, huh, this shit might be real. <laughs> so like, yeah. I started making trips to the grocery store. And the last time I went, I'm like, I want, I wanted one of those Popeyes chicken sandwiches. Mm. I couldn't do, I couldn't do it. I'm like, yeah, I gotta let you go. Because <laughs> that's the ritual. Yeah, yeah. Get up Popeyes, then you go to the grocery store. Get to the grocery store, and you got no eggs. All the dry goods are gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pasta. Ty. So I go to the frozen section. Uh huh. And I'm messed up, and I got these gluten-free uh, breakfast wraps. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> made out of made out of lawn grass and. Oh my and, god! Free bark. Like, I don't even make this. Just give me some vegetables. I don't make. I don't need gluten. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a yeah. it's a crazy situation, and um. Oh, uh, speaking of which, John. Johnny Tran from uh, Thumbprint says uh, to grill that mf'er. Those are his words. Oh, the gluten-free stuff. No, just uh, just no, grill you. 
you're the MF oh, or nothing. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> right on. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Dude, have you ever have you seen that new shaft? I have not seen the new shaft. Is that so something I, I had to say? I don't think you should see it because it's, it's, it's terrible. Really? That shit is terrible, dude. Like, the, the, the one from 2000 was good. It was kind of. Kind of campy, had the little black exploitation thing. Right. It wasn't. But you're saying the one. You're saying the Shaft remake with the. Fa- not remake even, but with the family, the generational one? Is that what you mean? Yeah. So that, that one was garbage. Oh my god. Like, there was one joke where the, the dude was like, you think, you think I'm not black because I have a bank account, a high credit score, and I went so the fit? And Shaft was like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 that sounds uh that sounds not great oh my god you don't think oh oh my it's like if they took it seriously and they got like michael b jordan uh-huh okay i would have been down with that mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what i'm saying like who the hell wrote this so wait did you watch, <laughs> did you watch that during uh like when you when the lockdown started or that just was that before this was, this was like last weekend we watched this Okay, yeah, getting into your coronavirus movies, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and then I had to pop some uh, edibles. Mm, yeah. I, just, I, I can't get through this without weed. <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. Um, I'm, like, changing up a lot of my eating habits and everything, too. I found out that there are these, uh, you know, just little things. I found out there are these cupcakes that I like, you know? I'm speaking Which ones those? I pick them up from Target every once in a while just to pass the time, right? But I'm on yeah. I'm on such a regimen now that I noticed I was getting like slightly depressed after I ate some cupcakes. And normally, normally I'd be able to go to the mall, do whatever. But I'm just sitting here staring at the wall in, in my thoughts, and I'm like, I'm like, what in the world has changed such that I'm having a little bit of like soft, mild depression. That happened to me like a week and a half ago. And I'm trying to think back to what happened a week and a half ago. And I'm like, alright, whatever. Screw it. I'll go finish those cupcakes, right? Yeah. I finish them up and then I get through it and I'm like, ooh, alright, whatever. Next couple weeks, I do the same thing. I'm like, yeah, let me just grab some cupcakes. Same thing. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. Are these depression-inducing cupcakes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's Cupcakes though, man. It's like <laughs> you can't go nowhere. Yeah. I'm kind of. I got some downtime. I might as well just walk over to the fridge and look inside. Ooh, I, I want. I, I wouldn't mind having a Totino's pizza roll. Mm. But I want to have one. Mm. I'm gonna eat that box. Mm. <laughs> it's like the COVID nineteen gets packed on, man. Yeah, man. Oh, that you, shit is real. Yeah, man. You can catch some stuff like that on a bargain too, like. uh it's, it's yeah. kind of crazy if you um i was talking with uh, some friends online the the bargains that they're giving just for random stuff because the food chain is messed up the you know the trucking industry and the boating shipping all that's kind of messed up so, so some suddenly all this stuff is going on crazy discount and it's getting just all mixed up and you know you're walking in it's like wait two dollars for you know the the Family pack of Totino's rolls? Alright, I wasn't oh, down for eating pizza rolls, right but uh, I don't know <laughs> that. 
No, it's a uh, no. It's it's really strange right now, and um, and actually that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast now. The uh, just the you know time to sit and think and refocus. You know, I, I try to whenever something happens in in my life that, that I don't want to happen or don't expect, I really try to sit back and say, okay, how can I ride this in the best possible way? You know. Yeah. So with this, I was like. Um, people aren't need some need someone to talk to. I'm not like I'm a psychotherapist or anything, but just uh, being able to connect, wanting to connect. Um, you know, I thought there was a, a need for that, and you know, I'm not really terribly interested in talking to a lot of people, being the introvert that I am. But I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and put that podcast back out there, see how it resonates, and. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, it's not like I dislike people. I, I like people, but, you know, I was like, hey, you know, people that run off and say he doesn't like people, but that's not exactly what I, not what I was getting at. <laughs> but, no, I wanted, to, um, I wanted to try this out. I'm like, you know what? Um, if I was online just talking noise, uh, it, they wouldn't have been as receptive about it before, but they are now. So, yeah. so I started up the... Uh, I started this podcast, um, and different from the 8-Bit Cubist podcast, and I'll get to that in a second, but I uh, started up this podcast uh, called The ADD Experience, um, and I wanted to just get down talk to people about the three things that I'm really uh, pretty well versed in, I think, arts, design, and development. So, so I just started making a couple episodes, didn't really tell too many people about it, and, you know, I'm trying to get the pipeline through so so everything f- flows smoothly so when people go uh-huh. look for it they're like oh, okay you got six or seven or nine episodes in and they're all they're all not excited about it but they're all like okay this is a legitimate thing as opposed to you know saying hey i've got one podcast in there go ahead and listen to this one episode and yeah hopefully you'll like me so i want to get a couple in before i really start pushing it yeah, it's a whole different format. And um, now, while you, uh, one reason I definitely wanted to call on you, and um, and a certain group of other people, is I wanted to make sure I got the original Piao podcast people in the queue first. Yeah. And um, I was, right I was actually trying to think back to when this all, to when that podcast kind of got started, and I had trouble remembering exactly when and how. 2008? It was 8? That late? Okay. 2008. That's, yeah. So wait, when did you get to, because I was at, we started that during our time at Rockstar Games. Um, I was a designer at the time, and you were a 3D character, modeler. Um, Mm -hmm. So when did you start? Because I remember you coming in, I don't remember the year it started. 2006? 7? I think 2005. 5, okay, 5. No, no, 2006, yeah. Yeah, 2006. Okay, so, now how did you end up at Rockstar Games, by the way? Um, yeah, I think Nick called me and asked if I wanted to come work there. I'm like, hell yeah. I just got laid off from, um, Studio Gigante. You knew Nick yeah, from before, there. though? Yeah, okay. he, uh, hired me at Midway. Okay, so you were at Midway, and then you went to uh, Studio Higante? Studio Higante. Uh-huh. 
And then that, that studio closed down, so I started working advertising, which was kind of nice. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that one. Yeah, that's, that's like never on my resume, but I was there for a month. Okay. It's a called Alter Image in Chicago, and a guy there was developing the visual effects side of the print advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, so he would, anytime they needed a 3D object in their uh, magazine spread, they would come to him and he'd make it up. Mm. So he was developing that, and he pulled me in to help out. But then I ended up going to uh, Rockstar. All right. So, um, so you got the call from Nick, and you worked, yeah. you worked with him before. Uh, you move over to Rockstar, and um, so you hadn't left Chicago before then, in terms of professionally. Right. All right. So, how was San Diego for you? Nah, San Diego was the shit. Oh, okay. Like that. I moved to this spot called PB. Yeah. And it was like Pacific. I, think I moved there. Pacific Beach for those Pacific who don't know. Beach. Yeah, it's a little beach town in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, dude, like I came there in the middle of spring break. <laughs> so like every weekend, I'm on the beach just hanging. Man. And like from Wednesday, I think to Wednesday, from Wednesday until Saturday, I was partying every day. <laughs> no, that's so, that's that's Pacific Beach, man. That place was great. Yeah, but like not for professional. No. Life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think once I got out of there, I started developing my skills again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like the further away from the party life I got, the more I spent just sharpening my sword in my room. And I, hold on, let me go back. I, I remember you saying a few minutes ago that you were an introvert. Totally. I would never have got that you, dude. You will always gather people up. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's well-practiced, man. I I do that as a as a practice. Um, yeah. To, yeah. to roll back, I, I don't know what year that was. Was it 2001, I think it was. Uh-huh. I was on an internship, right, and yeah. in, uh, in uh, Minneapolis, and a friend of mine who I had always talked to about stand-up comedy, and you know he he told me his name is John Miles, great guy. Uh, he told me he did stand-up comedy, and I heard okay, yeah, that's cool, man, whatever. Um, and I had seen a few of his his uh, his acts before, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, dude's got a few acts and everything, um, cool. Uh, he was a friend of mine in the computer information systems department over at Florida A&M. But, um, yeah. but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like someone's right next to you and they're doing something, and in the back of your head, I don't know, maybe it's that, you know, male macho thing that comes up. You're kind of like, man, I can, I can do that shit. He ain't nothing, you know. I mean, you know, he's my boy at everything. He's well-practiced. But I'm sitting here talking to him like, yeah, yeah, Richard Pryor. I remember that set he did. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I remember that, too. And like I know what he knows, I can do this, you know. So, so we have this uh, internship, right? And there's a, uh, and you know, he's like, we're, everyone's figuring out different things to do during the internship because there was, each like, forty of us on this internship, um, in different parts of um, the, in different parts of the uh, company and the city. So, we're up there, and you know, John's up there too at the same time. So I'm like, hey man, what's going on? I said, hey, I'm going out to this comedy club. 
like, you should come through. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I'm going to be performing. And in the back, I'm like, hold on now. He's going to be performing at a comedy club. Like, it was okay when we were doing it and, like, when I was, you know, watching him do the thing in college where it's, like, the little college, uh, you know, community shows or, you know, the little laugh fest they have or whatever. But doing stuff, like, at a real comedy club, that had that got that tur- that's what turned the fire on. I was like, hold up now, we this. I need to take action on this one, and uh, yeah. and I was thinking to myself, you know what? And I I couldn't justify just just wanting to one up and compete with the dude. I couldn't justify that in my heart, so I was like, you know what? I think this is a good opportunity for me to learn how to stand on stage and face my fears and learn how to speak eloquently to people and get more out of my introverted stage and just, you know, learn how to talk people up. That, that was the whole rationale. But in the back of my head, I was like, man, this motherfucker, I can, I can take this dude out. He ain't got nothing on me. So, so yeah, that got me, that whole, that put me on a whole new trajectory of like talking to people, getting out there. Um, and you know, just, uh, just being sociable. But, um, okay. yeah, I totally, after, when I do all that kind of stuff and go out and talk to people, it really tires me out. I just want to go home and, you know, paint, be in the books or whatever. But, um, so, you yeah. tell me about it. Yeah. Like, I, I think I kind of worked on it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was at a bars, I had to, like, figure out shit to say to people. Yeah, yeah. So, it's kind of like when you talk to a girl for the first time, you're like, oh, those nice shoes you got. Where do you get those shoes from? Yeah. But, like, it's the same thing. Once once you get to a certain point, it's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. No, what's like, funny about, um, about Pacific Beach is yeah. I really didn't have any connections down there, aside from you guys. Um, uh, it was you, Josh, um, uh, John Girak, um, and a... Yeah, I think you you guys were the primary guys I knew down there. Um, but I would actually roll down there and just practice hanging out with people because I had no other connections to that area. Yeah. So I would just, like, roll up on some place and be like, hey, how y'all doing, da-da-da-da, you know, get kicked out of a bar or something and be like, okay, well, I'll try something new next week. And it was just <laughs> it was just a weird little practicing thing uh, I did down there. And But I wouldn't have done that if you guys hadn't introduced me to that area. Okay. That's like that's like one of the main things I noticed realized about San Diego when I got here is everybody said they are friendly and easy to approach. Mm-hmm. Like in Chicago, you gotta practice that meme mug. Ah. Fuck you smiling for. <laughs> you need to come and touch up those pockets. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know so, I what's funny, man, is I noticed that about Chicago. It's a it's got that vibe. Um I traveled yeah. up, I traveled up there for a convention. Um, the C2E2 convention one year. Oh, okay. And um, I thought it was just, it, the the vibe was definitely different. I couldn't come with the, the California, hey, how you doing, buddy, kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I was just like, what's wrong with you? So <laughs> right. somewhere, somewhere in between, like, you know, the hardness of New York and, you know, the straightforward from, Philly or something. Yeah, Chicago is in there. It's, it's, but it's a great it's a great place though. I uh I went to Michael Jordan's restaurant too. Loved it. Oh uh, yeah. I remember me and my, my father 
just like came downstairs and like you don't have to go to school today. I'm like, oh shit. You went to see the um, Batman and Robin. So okay, so you're from Chicago. Um, were you uh, born and, born and raised there? Born and raised Southside. Okay, so you're born and raised Southside Chicago. How do you grow up in the art scene? And was it you? Well, yeah, yeah. Tell me about just just give me a little bit of, on that. South side, of, South side of Chicago, um, mm-hmm. and was the I don't know how the I know how it was in Florida when I was coming up. There were you know definite groups of people. I mean like hardcore kind of like these are the surfers, these are the skaters, oh. these are your golfers, yeah. um, these are your music heads, your band heads. This is your whatever. You know there were really distinct groups uh, when I was growing up in North Florida. And I'm wondering, you know, 
how Chicago relates in that sense, um, or how uh, your experience with it. Well, as far as grade school, there was two different parts of that. There was the first part, like my first school I went to, it was like everybody was there, black, white, Chinese, it didn't matter. So that's where I got exposed to the metals. But the next school was getting closed down, so they moved me to my neighborhood school, which was like all oh, my brothers and sisters. Okay. And for like three years, I fucking hated black people, man. Okay. <laughs> these motherfuckers like, what are you, what are you drawing that, uh, what, 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 what are you listening to white music for? And I'm like, motherfucker, you ignorant asshole. Yeah. No, it's a, <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up on that. You came for the blues. Yeah. <laughs> Learn your history. But, like, the cool part about that school uh-huh. is they treated black history like mathematics. Hmm. Okay. You got black history. You got a black history class every year, and you learn about that stuff. So, like when at the school before, it was like maybe we get two pages. Doctor King, who's Malcolm X? Yeah, <laughs> he, he didn't, didn't exist. Yeah, like they taught us about Emmett Till and like had nightmares. <laughs> so like that's just stuck. So yeah, the then, like uh, I remember. Say what? So with, uh, you know, you've got the diff- different cliques going on. Um, yeah. The different factions. Maybe that's a better word for, for gamers or whatever. But you've got these different groups going on. I know in Florida, it was a... Uh, we had Florida A&M University there, right? And that wasn't, uh-huh. that wasn't too far away from the high school I went to. And, I mean, the, yeah. the, high, the middle school and all that. But the thing about it was, um, and my brother put me on this because he went through it when he was younger. Um, and I'm the youngest of uh, five, by the way. So, uh, you know, they had all gone through this. And one thing they kept telling me was that, like, hey, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, there's not love for you. It's just there's this, you know, if you're going to be about something, you got to flex and I don't know. I don't with with the people I grew up with. You know, I was like, "What do you mean you got to flex?" And it's like, "No, you got you got to flex. If you're going to go into computers, you do it and make it work for you. If you're going to go into crazy art or whatever, you do it and make it work." And you know, and it's weird. You get this. Uh, you know, I call it like the pressure that turns. You know, that turns people into diamonds. You know, if you, and that's how you got like your your little wanes. You know what I mean? Where you know, if you're going to go do your skateboarding, color your hair, uh, do whatever else that's not traditional, you got to go all in and let them know. Yeah. And, uh, and I, no, I, I think that's really where we get a lot of our, a lot of our best talent from. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. That makes sense. In grade school, I was probably the only artist. Okay. The only person that was serious about the art thing back then. Okay. Then get to high school and you actually get art classes. So like, since once I got there, yeah, I used to hang out with artists all the time. There's way more people than the elementary school, so of course. that was kind of nice. Yeah. So yeah, so every year you do a couple art classes, and that's and then just ran out of classes. 
Fashion. Yeah. Alright. Fashion. I can see. I, 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 I can see that. Would have been my first choice, but I can see that. No, it was cool, man. It's like, uh, I used to uh, play Madonna in my design clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it was that, and then, like, I think I left. I, like, I always did comic books because I found another dude in the art class who liked doing them too, so we do, do that shit together. But yeah. then we started getting the graffiti and uh, tagging on walls. And my father found some of it and said, don't let me catch you tagging any CTA trains. Because he worked for CTA. Okay. okay. But yeah, that shit fascinated me. So like, you ride the train in the city, and like all these like, just dope pieces on the wall. Yeah. So did you, were you the only, um, like going the art route in your family, were you pretty much the only one? Was there a model for you to follow or was it just you? No, it was just me. I think okay. my father probably did it when he was uh, in school, but I don't think he, that's not, that's not something you would pursue back there. Yeah, I think I, I was, uh, I, def- I think we relate in that, that aspect because nobody was really doing the computer thing because that's, the arts thing wasn't, wasn't uncommon in my family, but the computer thing yeah. was. So okay. I think somehow I kind of tried to rebel against my family. Like, you're all artsy. I don't like <laughs> art. I want to go into computers because none of you understand that. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where I, where I ended up, you know, going that route. But, you know, I was always, uh, like you, into the comics and arts and video games. And I knew from the beginning that I wanted to create something artsy or something uh, in the arts with, with computers. It wasn't just like I was innate. I mean, they were very fascinating to me, but it's not like I was, they were the end means, you know? They yeah. were the end product. When so, did you first start getting into computers? Oh, God. Um, I think I, uh, I remember, um, gosh, it's so, such a faint memory, but the Pong system, the little, you know, Sears, uh, yeah. Sears, the big, the big, um, I gotta explain like Sears, because not everyone knows Sears now, but Sears used to be this big department store that was attached to malls, and there's still some around, I guess, um, but they were just the shit, they had everything, and I remember there was this Pong system where you had like three different versions of Pong in one little box, yeah. And my cousin got one. You know, I didn't I didn't really get what was happening, but you know, I go over to his house and you know, he's like, Oh, you gotta come see it. And my brother's like dragging me, he's like, Come on man, Benjamin's gonna be crazy. You turn on Pong and I'm just watching them, you know, bounce this little uh ball back and forth and I'm like, Holy crap, this is the greatest thing ever. But I have I have very faint I have very faint memories of it, right? And then, and then that just disappeared off the radar for a while. Um, we actually got one in the house, but it was a novelty, and that kind of just disappeared. Um, but then, a little while later, uh, you know, we got an Atari in the house. And once we got an Atari system, you know, I'm still, like, I'm still, like, hella young. I don't really know what's going to happen. I only have, like, I barely, I, I remember these things, but I don't have, like, really intense memories of them. But um, with that Atari, that changed everything. I knew that, like, I could go away into a corner and mess with this Atari 
because my um my one of my older sisters was out playing with um without was out you know playing with her friends and talking and being sociable my uh my dad was doing his art thing my mom was doing her music thing um you know one of my brothers was into sports he's always out playing football in the street or whatever and you know between between all of them you know i didn't have much time with the tv or um anything like that I basically ended up playing with this video game system um, to kind of carve out my own area of the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that became kind of became my thing just as a as a young kid, and I was like age wise, um, I was a little bit separated from them, so they were all a tight bonded clique, and I was like kind of the offshoot, you know, the the guy who came later. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never got my parents to admit that I was an accident, but, you know, I love <laughs> I was trying to get them to admit it, but they never would, and, you know, it's one of the mysteries of life I'll never figure out, you know. But, um, but yeah, they I got into it through through Atari, and Atari kind of changed my my whole mind, mindset about that. Um, and before Nintendo came around, you know, my mother, uh, she saw how attached I was to the Atari, so she got me a... Uh, she picked up an old computer, um, an old Commodore computer at a garage sale one day. And, okay. you know, she she came in like, like it was the greatest thing on earth. Like, Benjamin, here's this computer. It's, oh my gosh, it's the greatest thing. And, you know, you'll love it. And, you know, look at the pictures on the box. You can do all this stuff. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, yes. Hell yeah. You know, I'm just like freaking out. And yeah. one thing I do remember was my mom kind of having fake enthusiasm. And, like, while I'm setting it up and, you know, I'm scooting the TV back and I'm pulling out all the wires as a kid, I just kind of remember my mom and dad always being fascinated, like, look, look, Shirley, there he goes again. He's putting the wires together. How does he know how to do that? I don't know. You know, and they were just kind of fascinated. They were just kind of fascinated by me and this computer thing. So that's why they went and got it, to see what I would do with it. So once they saw that I had kind of an attraction for it, they uh, they definitely pushed it. And, you know, as I said, it was a way for me to mark my own little territory in the in the family and in the household. Um, yeah. That I, just, I just definitely took to it. And, you know, colorful graphics and things like that. So, yeah, that got me started on the programming route. And at some point, I said, you know, I'm going to make video games. And when Nintendo came out, I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is, this is the way to go. Definitely, I'm done. This is happening. Oh, so you knew early. I didn't even know, like, Ameri- Americans could make video games. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't. Um, I think there was an early episode of Nintendo, not an episode, an early mag, um, issue of Nintendo Power that that, uh-huh. that mentioned the the game school. So, I was like, oh, there's a school what, for this. What's the game school? That sounds familiar, man. Um, I forgot the name <laughs> of it. Why am I forgetting the name of it? Of course, when you're on live, you forget the names of stuff like this. But um, it was it was well before full sale. But Nintendo had like a little game university thing, and it was in, it was in Canada. Oh, Canada. Okay. Yeah, because Nintendo had partnered with some company in Canada or some school institution in Canada to make like a video game feeder program. Yeah. So they would like train people to make video games, and they would shuffle them off to uh, to Redmond, Washington, where Nintendo was, Nintendo of America was headquartered. So yeah, that's how that got started. Um, 
But yeah, I, once I saw the school thing, I was like, oh, okay, school. I know how to go to a school. Both of my parents have uh, worked in the education system. So it wasn't difficult for me to like ask them, like, well, hey, this is a school. Uh, how would you go about doing this? And they're like, oh, yeah, you just put an application and da-da-da, I can help you with that. So I always thought of it as a possibility. Uh, once I saw that that uh, magazine. Right on. Yeah, I didn't, like, games didn't cross my mind until college. Hmm, okay. Like, I, want, I, want, I wanted to be a comic book artist. Mm-hmm. I think up until my sophomore year. And I actually, uh, I think I did, like, five to six pages of Urban Samurai. And, like, I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Because <laughs> I wanted to tell stories. And my, my idea was, you don't need any word bubbles. You should be able to illustrate everything that's going down. Mm. And I'm like, I just want to get to the action. I like that. monster's head off. Yeah. You know? So, like, my illustration teacher was like, did you ever think about getting into game art? Like, how the hell do you do that? Well, she didn't know how to work with computers. It's like, oh, you don't know how to do that. I mean, you don't need to know how to do that. I'm like, dude, don't piss down my back until it's raining. So I just went out on a mission. Got every bit of animation software I could buy. Just like sat in my room for about a year and a half. Just, like gathering all these tutorials. Uh-huh. At the time, tutorials were shitty. Yes. Like you would find like something done by a guy that had maybe six months more experience than you. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying to piece that together. Yeah. But yeah, that's... That was like the most important thing I learned from college is how to teach myself. Uh, other programs. 2D animation? 3D. Uh, no, 3D. Okay, okay, so you started with 3D. And like, yeah, the, only, the one thing I got kind of glommed onto was a model like, because I'd already started to get into sculpture uh, during college. Okay. So you're, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you're, you're 3D animating in college. Um, I do remember in college going to Barnes and Nobles and buying books and trying to, yeah. trying to uh, figure out like what was being done and, and because my school was behind um, well m- most schools were behind in terms of like the video game thing uh, hell yeah yeah I remember trying to figure out really basic stuff like how to um, get the keyboard to talk to you know whatever other systems and um like, if somebody brings their own keyboard, it's like, well, hey, this is a secondary keyboard. How does this even, how does this even attach to the game? You know, just really basic stuff. But there was, yeah. no, there was no way of knowing. So I totally get you in the whole, um, you know, there's no Internet um, forms to go on and be like, hey, how do you do this? It was, oh, dude, definitely. It was really difficult to find information. I remember just being, like, stuck on a bug for... You know, months at a time. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it, took, it took me two, It took me forever to figure out how to UV map. Like that shit was confusing at first because like the anyone I found was like a bad hacker's way of getting to it. Yeah. And yeah, that took about a year. <laughs> yeah, for something that you look back and you're like, oh yeah, you just do X, Y, and Z, but just press a button now. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. So um. So okay. You're, you're, you're a game artist, um, a character model. Let me just call you a character model. Is that, is that fair to say? That's fair. Okay, so if somebody asks you, what do you do? You say you're a character modeler. 
I usually just say I'm a character artist. Character artist, okay. Um, I don't have a uh, a full understanding of like what that community is about. So, what separates you from like when you say you're you know a character artist? Um, how do you guys separate each other? And I know that's a weird question, but uh, within it. Hmm? Within the, uh, like, within character artists, how do we separate? Yeah, so, like, you know, a lot of people like to think of, um, you know, from somebody from the outside, they're like, well, if they listen to rap and they're from the outside, it's like, well, you all sound the same, you know, <laughs> until, until you start yeah. getting into it. Uh, with character modeling, um, or character, being a character artist, what's that like in terms of, what are you, what are you expressing with the character? Uh, you're trying to breathe life into it, mm-hmm. give it a soul, and like hopefully when somebody gets you a character to do, they mm-hmm. already have a story planned out, so you can kind of think about that in your mind when you're working on it. Um, and plus, I come, I don't come at it as a game artist. I come at it as a traditional artist. Cause that's what I learned first. Okay. Uh, so like that's what I carry. Like even now that you have things that produce digital cloth for you. If you don't know how cloth, the anatomy of cloth, right. it kind of holds you back in giving that life to the character. Mm-hmm. And then, even with the faces, you got to learn. Like, I remember Ed Roxer had this book with these close-ups of faces. And that's kind of what I, every time I look and talk to a person, I'm constantly looking at your face. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, all the bones... What the bones are doing, where the fats land, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like all these different areas, like the hair, the texture, the sculpture, all that works together to give you this finished product. Hmm. It's like, hopefully allows the player to not break the, uh, damn it, what's the word I'm looking for? The immersion. Okay. You don't want it to fall into like an uncanny valley or anything like that. Right? Yeah, like uh, uncanny valley. That's not it. Like trying to attack. That's not interesting. But like immersion. I mean, as in you can get immersion with playing a Zelda game. Right. As okay. long as everything in that world fits. Mm. So you weren't. So, so you weren't necessarily thinking about being lifelike or being uh, relatable. You, um, I got no interest in being lifelike. That's okay. I'd say that's the depth of it right there. Like. Hell for me would be working at uh like Infinity Ward doing a Call of Duty. Okay. Yeah. And converting body scans okay. <laughs> and clothing scans. It's like, oh god. Yeah. So one of the things so, I, I usually think about with uh, design, and this is kind of what I'm trying to relate here, I guess, with art, um, mm-hmm. is I want people to engage in the game without thinking that it's a game. You know what I mean? Right. If they're yeah. if they're consistently thinking about, well, let me get five more kills or let me get, um, you know, X amount of money. Um, you know, if they if they've got these very hard measures, like, well, if I just go twenty five feet outside the city, everything resets. And you start getting into that kind of stuff with the players, then you're you're playing the the system, you're playing the numbers, and you're not yeah. playing the game, you know what I mean? 
Um, so I'm wondering with art, maybe that's what I'm uh, I'm partly hearing, where you want to just engage with the character and make sure it's it's fitting all in this one artistic idea presentation that you're immersed into. Exactly. Okay. That takes a that takes a strong art director to make somebody that can look down and see all those moving parts. Mm-hmm. Like the better the, the better games I've played have been all encompassing, like characters, the world, all that stuff is together. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a hard thing to do. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think people people realize how difficult that part of it is. So I'm actually, uh, you know, almost a little jealous of like people growing up with the internet, how how much <laughs> communication like online that they're used to. Yeah, because we, you know, it's we were thrown into situations and it's just like the communication wasn't the same. Or, no, you, know, you had to find you had to find that group at your school to like X Men. Yeah, you know, like now they can just oh X Men. Reddit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A Reddit page. <laughs> it's like a ready-made community right there. Yeah. So you know what's interesting? The I like about your work and um, and part of why the character question really came up for me was because your work in particular was one of the first modeling jobs where I was like, I mean, you have your obvious kind of styles like. Uh, you know, for a 2D, you know, you have something obvious like Samurai Jack or Powerpuff, the Jindy yeah. um, Tartakovsky kind of style or whatever. And then you have your, um, you know, everybody has these strong traditional art styles. But when it, when I was getting into 3D and computer-generated character models or character art, I didn't I didn't always sense that style that. Um, that feeling of it and maybe that's because I was just outside looking in it's like what I was giving you with the music example where it's like it all sounds the same a lot of it kind of looked the same to me um but you were one of the artists where I saw your work and I was like okay that little extra pudge on the hips that uh <laughs> you know the way the the way the the job I know. gotta fight that down to this day <laughs> I love like, I was that working on a- I was working on a female, and I'm like, man, why is she, ah, damn it, she's too thick. Bring these hips down. Yeah, I still do that. No, it's, it got me realizing and really thinking about what I'm looking at and how yeah. how these characters are constructed. Um, you know, so it wasn't as much of a scientific thing for me when I started looking at your work. I'm like, Okay, there's a certain styling here that's happening that I wasn't really uh, used to seeing before in in your work, and you know, uh, it it just it wasn't just the you know, you know, big booties or whatever, um, but you know, you know, like the jowls of the face, the way the 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 musculature um, kind of wrapped around bodies and your stances yeah. and your poses, uh, it started to connect with me, and I I want to actually attribute your work to kind of allowing me to see that because uh, then I started like comparing yours to um, to rafts to and not in a competitive style but just looking at the different no no we, we definitely have different styles I yeah. love his I love his faces yeah mm-hmm. because like 
every one of the motherfuckers got thick sucking lips. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lip. It's, it's true. awesome. It's true. <laughs> no matter who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, you know, uh, we've been talking about that, because uh, I'm going to get on him, man. He got on the Wu-Tang all late, but it was good. That was, uh, it was a good series, dope series. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, now, how are you, uh, you know, you say you're doing, um, you, you told me you were working on a project with the uh, WWE right now. difficult right because you're not going to get exactly what you're creating in uh on the computer you're going to get something else that's a little different because of the whole manufacturing process yeah like after i let go of them i don't care okay that's you have, a good... to, you have to divorce yourself from that because like they don't they can't paint them right like all the detail you put in there they can't they want that detail mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're printed out painting it's like oh you lost all of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you so, know, um, I don't know if you remember uh, Mike and Rick Gonzalez. Uh, from Rockstar? They were the twins. Uh, they, um... You gotta remember. I'll, uh, I'll send you a link to some of their stuff. When you see them, you'll probably be like, oh, yeah, those guys. Um, okay. But anyway, they, uh, they worked with a toy company and got me on at some point because they started developing apps. And when they started developing wow. apps, they needed somebody, you know, with the, a designer to kind of come in there and lay out the design for the apps. Yeah. So when I got in there, I'm like, yeah, what are you guys doing? And they had this uh, system where, you know, they're creating characters and then with the app of the character and it would do some AR stuff. You'd see like, um, you know, lights and effects around this little toy character and everything. So, it was a pretty cool project, um, multiple projects, actually. But but I was like, yeah, well, we can make this guy like this and this guy like that. And one of the artists would always raise his hand or, you know, just jump in and be like, okay, so for the second guy, we're going to make his hair red. I'm like, why, why do you keep doing that? Why do you keep jumping in with these crazy changes, like just some really obnoxious change? And the guy's like, it's like, oh, well, the, these toys are, aren't going to be, like, the greatest thing. We're just going to send them out there. And if one guy has red hair, you know, we can pretty much be guaranteed that that's that guy. So when they look at the face and they look at the side of the box, they're going to say, oh, yeah, the guy with red hair. And that's, that's it. Because they couldn't guarantee that the character would actually look like anything they modeled. Yeah, so they well, just want to simplify it. Yeah, well they they had such a crazy process and I'm the toys you're working on are, are far beyond what we were doing over there. Okay. But but uh but it just gave me an insight into 
you know, that whole translation process, you kind of throw it over the wall to China or whatever manufacturing um, um, outlet you had. Ours was in China. Um, and then you see what comes back. But, uh, but yeah, uh, divorcing yourself from it is definitely, definitely necessary. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, uh, I sculpted Andre the Giant, and I, I ran across it on Instagram. Uh-huh. I'm like, I wonder what the people think about it. <laughs> they stretched out on it. <laughs> <laughs> going now with um or where would you would you okay so let me back up even uh so you did games but now you're doing freelancing um uh, you're, are you a, are you a, a game are, company again are you a hired gun or okay uh i i started doing freelance work for microsoft okay uh, at the start of the year then probably like a week ago i got hired on full-time Okay. So, that might, once I got to these last action figure projects went out, I'll probably shift back to my old thing. Is that preferable for artists in general, or... What do you mean? Like, doing the freelance thing, or, you know, work on a contract for one game or two games or something, or... Uh, uh for do... me, like, it was just necessity. Like, we bought this house, mm-hmm. like, two years ago. Congratulations, by the way. Well, thank you. And um, once you get a mortgage, the hustle, the hustle estate goes on overdrive. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I have a hard time turning down work. Right, right. And I and I feel uncomfortable not having two projects going on at the same time. Because mm. if the shit goes down, you know somebody's got you, somebody's gonna hold you down. But if you only got one stream of income. Like I got like I, I don't know what the what the word I would use for that is. Uh, well, I mean, it's definitely like a you know a, a backup, a redundancy, um, right? A, a cushion. I, mean, I don't know. I don't, like since I left Rockstar, this is how I've been working. Like I always have two jobs, at least. Good. You know, so like if somebody slows down, the other person can toss you more work. So you're saying you're you have your your job job, and then yeah. whatever project you're working on that you're being hired to do, or are you talking about a personal project? Personal project. Okay, that has so nothing like, to do with anything. Right. Okay. So after all the um, contract work leaves itself out, I'm like, all right, so those don't call me. Right. And then you then I start doing my own stuff again. And is, is that where you um? Is that where you sharpen the saw? Is that where you or try new things, or is that where? Oh, definitely. That's when you every time you sharpen the sword, you don't have to appease the client. You know, the client has to appease yourself, and you sort of come up with something creative that you can bust out and complete fast. All right. So, I, I, th- th- this is interesting to me because 
Um, you know, just the way that that artists work. It's uh, it's really interesting in this current environment because you know I we hear stories about um, you know VFX artists uh, getting getting laid off from these companies, stuff getting outsourced to China. Um, or Man, VFX has always been it. Oh my Pakistan god! I used to or, want to make movies. <laughs> it's like I'm, it was my dream to like do VFX. Then I started to like meet those guys and like see how I was going for them. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> like, dude, like that shit is treacherous. Oh man. So, okay. So so it's much it's more treacherous than than games or you know work for like McFarland Toys or something. Oh no doubt. Like you okay. and the. The globalization of it, and the fact that they never unionize. Like, if you talk to a, co- a costume designer, if they make those cats work it out a minute over eight hours, they got to pay. Right, right. The effects don't have no such stipulation. They don't have a union or a guild or anything like that. Huh, okay. And they're discouraged to do so. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Jeez. I think games have gotten a little better, but... Even then, man, those those idiots you used to ship the work off to, yeah. they're good now. <laughs> so, so wait, who do we know that's re- still still really in that world? Uh, is Josh still? Is that what you would call him? Josh, he, he does I think, think Raph does it from time to time. Uh-huh. Well, Josh found a niche. He's in the, uh, the pre-vis area. Right, and that's a pre-visual, like, pre-visualization for those who don't know. Right, so it's like not as grindy. And like his skill set just traveled a long way. But like I'm like, yes, get going, Josh. I'll get him. I'll get him on here too. Because um, we asked him about his stand up. Ah, yes. <laughs> and yo, <laughs> you know what's funny? What's really hilarious to me? Uh, back to the stand up thing. Yeah. You know, when I ran into Josh, and he's like, I do stand up. The exact same feelings I had from John from John Mile way back in the day. <laughs> I, so I was like, "What? Are you kidding me? Was, he's out here, he's out here in Pacific Beach good. talking to people and doing comedy. I can do that too." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that's so funny, man. Yeah, he, uh, it was pretty funny when, he, when I saw it. <laughs> oh God, I got to... Um, you know, Raph said he was going to do stand-up one day, and he never did it, so I might have to find a comedy club out here and actually drag him to one so so we can both do it. I have it. a hard time seeing that. Who, but me, I would love to me see or Raph? Raph. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be... It'll definitely be funny just to see him doing it just because he's an interesting yeah. dude. I don't know what he would come up with. Um... Because one thing about comedy and stand-up is how people are isn't necessarily their stand-up routine. You know what I mean? So, like, like if you talk to somebody like Seinfeld and, or you know, in your, if you see a lot of his really candid interviews, you're like, this is kind of, you know, morose individual. You know. But that's his stand-up, though. But his stand-up was a little livelier. You you see the transition when he goes to stand-up. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is there's a different vibe, a different switchover from the act and the the, the person. So when you, you see, talk about a character, 
anybody. Uh, if you see the act, yeah. if you if you see the act first, and then you see them normally, you can kind of say, oh, "Okay, I see those two different sides of them." But you know, it's like seeing Michael Jordan in interviews versus really seeing how he is on the court. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you see the last dance? I haven't started seeing it yet, but I, I know a lot of the stories. Um, I need to find out a way to watch that. But that's that kind of switch up I was talking about, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally got to see that. Um, I don't have ESPN or uh, it's going to be on Netflix, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know when they're going to put it out, though. Yeah. But yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, for five weeks we had something to look forward to on Sunday. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, no, that's definitely a thing. Um, I'm trying. I actually dropped Netflix a little while ago. Uh, just so I could get my focus uh, together. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm existing now on Amazon movies and the Amazon originals. <laughs> I kind of like Amazon's movies, man. Yeah, yeah. I got Amazon and I got Shutter. Shutter the shit. Shutter. Shutter is the horror uh, channel oh, they have oh, on Netflix. Oh. I mean, on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. It holds me down right there. Very cool. Uh, so yeah, the um, yeah, it's crazy. We're always talking about the streaming wars, and uh, it's crazy with all these different services out there now. Um, just how Disney Plus, Hulu, um, I guess they're kind of the same thing now. Um, HBO Max, uh, I guess that's going to be Warner Brothers' entire thing uh, where they're putting everything. Yeah, in there. Hulu could kiss my ass. Like, how you going? Give me commercials and I'll pay you for it. Yeah, that's weird. I uh, I didn't like that. The first time I the first time I realized that I think I'd seen the commercials before, but I hadn't consciously thought about it. Cause I think yeah. I was sitting down and I was uh, and a Ford commercial came on and I was kind of thinking, I don't want a Ford. Why is it? Why is this commercial you here? Get off my paid subscription service, you damn commercial. I mean. I guess it's cool that they don't know what I searched for that day. Huh. They can't show me, like, some Air Jordan commercials. Yeah. Because that, that gets annoying. Like, I'll just look at some shoes. I'll pop over to Facebook and I see those same shoes. I'm like, dude, come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally in the, the Facebook ecosystem, so I, I, I get it all. And uh, it actually, it actually well, takes work for them to stop. Oh, and if I buy something, it's all over. Um, I think with Facebook, I, like, once I pruned my feed mm-hmm. to where I like it, it was good. So I got my science, animals, art, All movies, right. sports. It's good. I got a few homies that, like, they say shit starts to pop up at the Gaza Strip. Like, I got to block certain people. Oh, well, oh yeah, right. Certain amount of time, you know, kind of posted too much politics. Yeah, no, the snooze, the snooze for days is a great feature. I was like, oh, yeah, man, yeah. When the like when the election came around, I was like, kill, kill, kill this guy, unfollow, unfollow. Well, not unfollow the snooze, and they just oh, disappear. Yeah. And then what's funny? Oh, wow. What's you funny is when they. Forever. What's funny is when they come back suddenly. It's it's like you put somebody on mute, <laughs> and then when you then when you turn the volume back on, they're like. Furthermore, uh, <laughs> and you're like, huh? Wait, I forgot you were even uh, around. How's it going? 
超市，然后那就是去超市，不是的 ，Cat， 不是 Safari，Exactly。Nah, man. Um, mental, the whole, the whole mental health online thing, and uh, staying, thing, staying though, sane man. online, serious business. Yeah, that's、nah, a very careful thing. Yeah, so especially now, now. like if, if you're online now and all you see is negativity, and you're just in your house by yourself, like damn. <laughs> oh man, that's, hope you don't have a gun. That's how you get angry at life. Yeah, seriously. Now, now, speaking of social media, you've um, I was looking for stuff on your Instagram, and you're not very big on there, like a lot of the other artists. Uh, I mean, yeah, most of the stuff I do, I can't show.、Hmm. And like the, the last thing I like, the last thing I was working on was uh, a dirty a dirty girl. Okay. Who is also the face of my wife. Okay. <laughs> oh, with the、uh, like, with the orange glasses. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every every time she come in the office, she'll look and like wonder why her ass is so big. I'm like, yeah, I made it bigger. <laughs> Just 'cause I could. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's something I need to finish up.、It's、like that, I had a、um, a She-Hulk I was working on.、Mm-hmm. That's like Rosario Dawson. Like for some reason, I think she would be an awesome She-Hulk. Yes. I think it's the jaws. Okay. Yeah, she looks substantial, but uh. So, so are you, I, are you saying you would post more, but you just? I can't show everything. Like, I'd say twenty percent of the stuff I've done, I've shown. Hmm. No, nobody wants you to show that shit. So even <laughs> a, even after the project is complete. Right. Interesting. Okay. So like McFarlane, when they would finish something, I'd wait until it went in production, and he would buy it, then I'd show it.、Mm-hmm. Well, like if they show something of it, then I'm like, okay, I can show mine now too. I see, I see. That's got to be frustrating, right? A little bit. Okay. You know, because <laughs> like, oh, my son had to do a shit all year. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's like with the with my side of things, I get kind of dodgy when I'm talking about. The ins and outs of how a game actually works, because then you、yeah. start getting into trade secrets and stuff. So they don't like us talking、yeah. about that kind of thing. Yeah.、Um, like, uh, like if something happens and someone's like, "Dude, this guy, he always does this and that and that." It's like, no, he doesn't. I'm sitting here and I can like break down exactly how it works to them. Yeah. But I can't. You know, because then, <laughs> um, and I won't get into. Who, when, and where? But at one of the companies I worked for, some guy showed up on a message board and actually answered a question and said, "No, you're wrong about this. It works like this." And that guy got fired. Oh. And what, what was weird is we were kind of like, "Yo, how did they find this random video game、uh, message board and know?" So. Other people, other people that come on the boards. Yeah, think, exactly.、Uh, so yeah, yeah it was kind of、like, weird. Have with social media altogether.、Like, mm-hmm. I'm usually pretty strict about what I post. You know,、mm-hmm. <laughs> remember me and my wife started dating, and she would like want to tag me in photos. I'm like, no, don't tag. Ta-ha. Like, <laughs> like, no, I can't. 
you have to control what people see. Yeah, I, I, I get you. Anybody can be reading that and get the wrong idea. <laughs> so now you, um, so, okay, now we were talking about personal projects a second ago. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have anything coming up or anything you're thinking about doing? Uh, yeah. I'd like to say I want to finish that Derby doll, but that's a game character, and I don't really feel like doing that, too. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so the, re- the reason I'm asking, because, um, you know, I, you know, we touched on it a little earlier, but the whole creative process of um, having an outlet, and especially now during this coronavirus thing, um, yeah. you know, yeah. like may- maybe not even, maybe not even, you know, uh, your your art kind of work, but um, you know, what do you? Oh, you said wait a minute, you said you were grilling up stuff. Oh yeah, boy, yeah. Okay. I've been wanting to get a grill for about a year now. Yeah. I finally bought one. Yeah. And, uh, so since this whole thing started, we ain't got no choice but to cook. So I've been like trying to cook a bunch of Cajun food, um, trying to slow cook a lot of meats. Uh, did you go? Did you go gas or you got a? Oh, I got the charcoal, man. Okay, okay. Charcoal. Just checking in. Sorry, Hank Hill. Just checking in. <laughs> the charcoal with the wood. Yes. Wood, wood chunks. And every time we go to the grocery store, I try to find some good meat. Nice. To throw that like mangoes and cherries on your uh, on your grilled meat. Not yet. Not yet. Get there. That's advanced. I did the mangoes yeah. once. I did the mangoes once actually. It um. How'd that turn out? Um, let me see. How was it? It was a. Uh, it was little thin strips of mango, and uh, we were just putting them on the on the grill. Like you know, we slapped down some aluminum foil, and yeah. then kind of have a. Uh, kind of have them cook up a little bit and they were they're soft enough where you still get like the grilling through the foil so you actually still have some lines on it because uh, it's nice. just that like sensitive or whatever but you know when we started playing around with it like you know after you get out your first couple burgers and your first couple dogs and all that then you start trying to play around with stuff and like hey that next uh that next burger throw some um throw some mango and onion in there see what happens it's like really okay let's see what happens and, uh, you know, it got interesting for a little while, but, um, but I, t- I totally fell off the, the grilling radar. Um, I leave that all to, <laughs> I leave that all to Jeff now. Okay. You know, that's... Yeah. Shreepan got me into it. Ah, Shreepan. Shreepan, I haven't heard of him in a while. That dude will throw down on the, on the grill. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, that, uh, he's um, doing Okay. Are you in a, so does your, does, um, does your wife grill up at everything, or is she cooking, or is this like a team thing, or just you? Nah, it's just me. Okay. She cooks, though. She, uh, mainly in the kitchen. Alright. But yeah. I gotta try to use the grill so she can do it when I'm too lazy. 
Hi. Nah, grilling, grilling suddenly, um, I don't want to say suddenly, but uh, at least in my neighborhood, you know, everybody's, I, I know the apartment complex down the street. Uh, I, I, I just believe everybody in there's got the coronavirus already, and they're just passing it on. Because every time yeah. I pull, if if I pull, you know, my little, uh, my garbage, uh, my dumpster out to the side of the street, I'll just see yeah. somebody grilling up. I'll see, like, one of the neighbors and talk to them. And for about five, six feet apart, and they'll just kind of be together. And ten minutes later, you'll see their entire family eating food. And I'm just like, uh... It's, 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 uh, it, it, they still bring people together. Yeah, man, you got to stand around perfectly with fear in Well, you know, I wanted to stay away, but uh, I got to look real close to see what you're doing with that burger. Dude, I actually, like, smoked. The first thing I did was smoke burgers. Hmm. Twenty at some other points, and you know, it, it's kind of wild. Okay, it it went away, so now I think okay. everything's back to normal. Right on. But yeah, man. Um, so this is a this is the ADD experience. Um, and you know, I, I wanted to get back to the heart of the podcast uh, that we started back in the Piao days, and I remember I was trying to figure out a way to go with the 8-bit Cubist thing because that was getting a lot of play versus, um, you know, the fun we were having with Payal. And when this whole coronavirus thing kicked off, um, I just really got to thinking about that podcast format, that feeling that we had when we were sitting down talking. Yeah. And, and that was really, that was really good shit. So, I wanted to bring that back uh, in a new refined format, and I had to totally separate it from what I'm doing with 8-Bit Cubist, so that's why this podcast is coming out the way it is. Just uh, good discussions, but it has a loose idea of talking to people with you know, art, design, development um, ideas in their head. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was, um, me, you, Raph, 
uh, Jeff, and we got Ryan in there once in a while, and Josh in there once in a while. Yeah. So, between the, between the I'm definitely going to get back with um, all of those guys, and I'm going to do some nice. solo, and I'm going to do some solo, uh, solo shots. Um, so, okay. it'll be a mixture of me just kind of riffing and me talking to different people that uh, I know and respect in the, not in the, even in the industry, just that I know and respect and can have a decent conversation with. Dude, it's an interesting podcast, man. I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, I got a, it's funny, the, um, one of the most important things is getting my process set up so I can just kind of start in, do it, uh, you know, kick the the files out to YouTube or um, to audio format. Um, and once I got that process down, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can, I can just make this a part of my flow. Yeah. And that was that's the important. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, man. You know, I'll, I'll definitely have you on again. Um, any ideas that you have? Uh, you're one of the creatives that I I kind of look up to. You are uh, so you'll know. Um, I, you're one of the most naturally interesting people uh, I've come across. <laughs> okay. And no, no, just I'll take that. Um, like no, when we first met, uh, I was like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Uh, let me just make a note. He's an interesting dude. Need to talk to that guy more. I remember when I met you. I was thinking, like, I remember calling my mother, and I'm like, "Mama." Four black people at the studio. I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, wait, so okay, I hold, on. Think... hold on. The four black people at the studio. Uh, me, you, Frank, and Raph. AJ. 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 Still there too. Okay, yeah. Okay, so um, Frank was off in the cut. So okay, I guess that's why. He, so he, he wasn't always around. I probably said four or five, but I'm like that was the first time it was more than just myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric, Eric was there too. Oh yeah. yeah he, was he, he that one I got there? Yeah, he was a uh, once. Yeah, he was a uh, you know a midnight club doing the producer thing. So no one really okay. saw. Okay. He kind of came in, did his thing, and left. Um, so no one saw much yeah. of him either. And uh, wait, did, you didn't start on midnight club, did you? You started on. I started on agent. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's why we didn't uh, yeah. run into um, Frank and Eric that much. But yeah, okay. So, so yeah, so you uh, you're telling me you you told your mom. Yeah, because I'm I'm not excited because there's like multiple black people there, like people. I can say people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like whenever I look at a game studio or any company in general, like how is your ratio of people? Do you have a lot of women there? Yeah, a lot of black people there. Is y'all have a lot of women? That tells me that you. You may have a toxic work environment, or you may have like limitations in your, in your scope. Yes. Yeah. So, never say like no people. It's like you're all slave drivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old people put a stop to that. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, I'm like, I gotta go home, man. I got a life. <laughs> oh man, that is comedy. Um, so yeah, you just reminded me, man. I, I'll, I'll give AJ and uh, AJ and Frank um, may have them on at some point. Hell yeah, I'll be shoot. 
curious of the devil that's uh, AJ Owens. I haven't heard that cat in years. <laughs> yeah, man. He's a, a good guy who made me angry on multiple occasions. Just... <laughs> How so? No, nah, I just... Um, no, understand me. We're, we're totally cool and everything, but... Uh-huh. Um, he's one of those guys where it's like, you send him a text... <laughs> And he doesn't reply, and then he sees you. The next day, he's like, "Hey man, I got your text." And I'm like, "Why didn't you reply?" Didn't want to. <laughs> hey, I mean, to his, to his credit, back in the day, you had to like, you had to press buttons like multiple times to get a letter. No, the, so I can understand not responding to somebody's text. No, no, <laughs> I, I totally love and respect the dude. It was just, it was just funny to me because, you know. He had such a way of going about things that just yeah. went against my my way of going about things. So this, this is a personal thing. I'm having personal issues over here, and he's just exposing right them. You know, so <laughs> no, he was a cool dude, yeah. man. Uh, we we hung out a couple times. I went down to his um his place in San Diego, and we worked on some uh, on some projects. It was all good. Right off, right off. Um, yeah. Is there, are there? So, so I don't, I don't know where this is gonna go. I don't know where it's uh, going to lead exactly, but you know, just getting the feeling back for the podcast, and um, you know, Joe Rogan left uh, YouTube. I don't know if you heard about that. He left YouTube. Yeah, it's, huh. it's like just this like just happened. Um, basically, he got bought out, or um, he signed a contract, I should say, with uh, Spotify. So now he's with Spotify. People are saying it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 90 to 110 million dollar deal where he's basically going to put all of his content there. It's going to be like Howard Stern, you know, where yeah. Howard Stern's only on Sirius and he has his market there and they're locked in and they're paying for it. Same thing's yeah. going to happen with Spotify. Over time, we're going to start seeing the full-length episodes drop off of YouTube. We're only going to see clips. And uh, I'm not sure how it progresses very far into the future, but we're not going to be able to get access to it without using Spotify. I like the clips, though. That's the thing. Like, Spotify doesn't have video. Uh, how do you manufacture that? Uh, they've been testing out video. They're going to... So oh, okay. He's going to, be, he's going to be one of the pioneers of the whole video version of the podcast. Oh, I see where they're going with that. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Title had video, or has video, and I know that was one of their only, one of their major claims to fame, that none of the other audio platforms had video they could access. So, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how this works out, but, um, but nah, um. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the guy, he's got an interesting interview style. He kind of morphs his thoughts to whoever he's interviewing, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and that you know, I you know, I'm not gonna lie. This I'm sitting here taking notes about, like, uh, I like how he did that, and I'm up here trying to reverse. Almost definitely, I'm up here trying to reverse engineer his style and stuff. It's like him, Mark Maron's pretty good. I like him a lot, um, but I can't think of any other like interview podcasts that I get down with. See, the, the problem with me to me with interviews is you get into a, uh, you, you literally get into an interview kind of format where it's just like, hi, I'm going to ask you a question, 
and you're going to pump your agenda. Right, that's not interesting. You know, so I wanted to do something with conversations where it was uh, an advancement of regular shit talking. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully these will be interesting. I think we uh, went over some interesting things right here. A lot of people into um, art and development. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely dig on this. So that's my that's my current angle. I'll let it flow a lot more freely than I do a lot of other stuff. But um, yeah, I think we got something good. Right on. And so oh, um, how can uh, how can people find you? Oh, come on now. You weren't prepared to promote? Nah. <laughs> so we got you on Instagram and uh, ArtStation. I sent out your ArtStation link. Okay. So yeah, your Instagram and ArtStation is what you thought, Marcellus. Yeah. All right, so yeah, if that's that, then I'll just put those two out there. Yeah, definitely, uh, and it's definitely good talking and catching up with you. Uh, learned some things about uh, about your upcoming I didn't know about, so awesome stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Cool. Hey, appreciate the time, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, man. Peace. Peace. That was Marcellus Barnes. Um, great guy. Uh, hear that. As I said, this podcast, this episode thing is going to go on for, uh, be a little longer format than usual. So, glad you're sticking with it. Hope the audio worked out for everybody. If there's any comments on any of this, uh, how it's going, uh, what you want to see more of in the future, and what we do, just let me know. Make sure you comment below so we can get this conversation going and continuing. This is the ADD Experience with Mr. Benja. That is... M-R-B-E-N-J-A. You can find me on all over the place. So get at me. Let me know what you're thinking. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit MrBinja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.